Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. They've raised the bar on Rochester Sports Talk. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. Yeah, I mean, sure, like I've said before, I think um, experience is a, is a good teacher and, and um, it's good to have on your resume. And um, I think you, you, you lean on that experience from, from years past, uh, but you're also trying to you know, build your own identity um, looking ahead and going forward, so um, I think I think for sure, yeah, it's it's uh, it tends to be a great teacher, and if used the right way, it's um, it can benefit you. Bills head coach Sean McDermott on a team that is built for adversity. We welcome in Sal Capaccio. You hear him on the sidelines game day here on the Fan Rochester, and of course our Odyssey Sports sister station WGR in Buffalo. You were at practice today, Sal. We know that we've got some banged up Bills to talk about. We also heard from Sean McDermott. There, there was one clip that we played earlier today, and one one player that he was questioned about that I wanted to start with. In Sal, I wanted to get your opinion on what we've seen so far through two weeks on. Trey White at corner. Yeah, I, I don't think that um, Tredavious White has played poorly at all. I don't think he's like necessarily been like the best player on the field. But you know, it's hard to tell with corners when they're not necessarily targeted a lot, and that usually says more good than bad. Anyway, uh, he did give up the touchdown against Garrett Wilson, but that was really more of Garrett Wilson making an incredible play. I think you know a couple times he's missed tackles, but look, it's not something you're always expecting. You know, you want the corner, you want everybody to make a tackle. I go back to the Brees Hall run the 83 yard run you know Trey missed him in the hole there but honestly like I think he was wasn't even supposed to be there I think it was a misalignment he was doing his best to try and get in there I think he might have got caught up on one of the plays early on in the the Raiders uh, first series as well then that being said though I think um, the secondary has played well it's held up very well over two games and a lot of that has been Tredavious White and I was specifically watching him a few times the first two weeks to see if he was traveling with either Garrett Wilson or Devontae Adams. And he did a few times. It wasn't all the time, but certain down and distances, they said, yep, you're on him as opposed to just playing one side. And I think that speaks loudly about what the team feels about him. Is there any, any reason or any, he's not talking to reporters here, Sal. Is that because I guess we're left to speculate. He's not happy with reporters or is he just not happy with himself or is this kind of a new life decision? I I think it's, it's noteworthy that, and that's his choice. I certainly, and and you can respect that too, but I, I I certainly like hearing from Trey White. Yeah, I, I, Definitely don't think he's mad at reporters for anything. <laughs> like, I don't know why. Like, no, there should be no speculation on that as far as I'm concerned. Um, he just doesn't talk. He doesn't talk a lot. He chooses not to. Uh, I've spoken with him a few times just kind of in the locker room, hello, but he won't. He chooses not to talk on the record. Um, it's actually been something a lot of the media has, you know, asked and inquired about because mostly, you know, players do, and they're basically required each player to kind of do like a once a week if you ask him or whatever, but nobody's really pushed the issue because this goes back really over um, a year ago when Tredavious was rehabbing and he didn't want to talk. And then he's just not the most 
talkative guy, but when he is, he's great. So no, I, I would say this, I wouldn't read anything into it. Like as far as being unhappy about anything, I just think it's his choice not to, you know, speak on the record. And, you know, we've asked him many times and he just kind of smiles and says, come on, I don't really want to say anything or I don't want to talk. So. Sal, uh, a get right game on Sunday, and we'll talk about Washington, the opponent uh, here coming up this weekend. But man, the thing that I think was most impressive is going into that game against the Raiders. You heard about Max Crosby, Max Crosby, this, Max Crosby, that. He's going to be a problem. He was a race. Talk a little bit about the game that Spencer Brown had on Sunday. It was amazing. Um, it was really a great game plan from offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey and offensive line coach Aaron Cromer. What they did, the job they did on Max Crosby and you know, using a lot of his um, his own strengths against him, which is where he lines up, how he likes to do different moves. The Bills basically kind of played into that and said, if he's going to do this, we're going to let him, but we're going to be here for him. And we're going to do this to them. And, you know, for example, he likes to line up that wide nine, and that's really far out. So, you know, the Bills kind of used that inside lane a little bit, but also what they did was they would use Dawson Knox to go out and kind of chip on him, and then he'd release him. And then he, Crosby would come in, and then there's Spencer Brown to take care of him. They would chip, they would double team, but Spencer Brown did a great job. And Spencer Brown actually credited Kingsley Jonathan with giving him an incredible week of practice uh, as a scout team guy pretending to be Max Crosby. And I spoke today with Kingsley about that. I said, what goes into doing that? And are you, you, you mimicking the guy? And he actually said that he studied a lot of film on him, and he was at the Pastrush Summit with him, and he watched him a lot. And you actually do have to try and do the things that he's going to do to give the guy a look. And, you know, for him to give that kind of a look to Spencer Brown, Spencer Brown said it was one of the best scout team looks he's ever had. So credit Kingsley Jonathan for that. Yeah, and, and Kingsley Jonathan maybe uh, should get on the field at some point if he can do that in practice. Again, Sal, uh, again, you you said this a while ago, like Wednesday injury report, okay, it, it's noteworthy, but pay attention to Friday. So that's kind of the disclaimer, but is there any context you can give us here uh, about the injuries? Leonard Floyd being one, not practicing today. You have Micah Hyde. You also have Dawson Knox. Uh, I saw Leonard Floyd in the locker room talking to reporters, which I don't know if that's a good sign or not after the game, but your thoughts on where those three players are at heading to Washington here. Yeah. Also, um, yeah, those three. And then Jordan Phillips is also ill today. Mm -hmm. So that was one, you know, he's out because of a sickness, but let's start with Dawson Knox because he's the one we didn't expect. Um, the back issue, he finished the game as far as we know, you know, I don't remember him coming out of the game or anything like that. So let's hope there's nothing there. And it's just a day to get right and recover. Like you say that, and I always say this Wednesday's the day for that. Uh, Thursday's much more important than Friday's the most important as far as noting the injury report and what's happening. I would say if you're not practicing by Thursday, then it's not trending in the right direction for anybody, but uh, tomorrow's the more important day. Uh, as far as Leonard Floyd, he came off the field, obviously in pain, he was pointing to the um, inside part of his right ankle to trainers. They taped him up. He stayed on the sidelines. He never went to the locker room. He didn't leave the field, but he never went into, back into the game. And then he was limping noticeably after the game. But he did talk to reporters, and he was asked by our buddy Josh Reed, how concerned are you about the ankle? And he said, I'm not concerned. I'll play next week. So we'll see. He says he's going to play, but that's not really up to him. That's up to the training staff. A lot of times, these guys, they want to play, and you do put them on the field, but they're never – quite a hundred percent. I remember Gabe Davis last year thinking back and, you know, I wonder if Gabe had been shut down for a couple of weeks, if he would have been, you know, over that injury, but it really lingered all year. So these are things I have to balance and think about. And you talk about Kingsley Jonathan getting on the field. This would be the way if Leonard Floyd's not going to be available for any capacity. Then you would go with Kingsley Jonathan. He'd be the next guy up. He is on the roster, but he's generally, he's been inactive for two weeks. So we'll see. And then as far as Micah Hyde, he injured his hamstring late in the game. Same thing, came off, didn't really go out for any reps. Remember, it was a blowout at that point. They didn't need him. 
he actually went to the podium and spoke to reporters. And generally that's a sign that it's not too serious, but he didn't practice today. So we'll see where it goes. And then Terrell Bernard was limited. So again, you know, something that at least he was out there in some capacity. Sal, talking about guys who haven't been able to get on the field yet, and I'm sure you're getting tired of talking about Kyrie Elam, but I know a lot of Bills fans are wondering like, hey, come on, he's a first round pick. Why can't he get a jersey on Sunday? What's your best explanation for that? Well, whatever he's not doing in practice and the system and technique or whatever, it's got to be leading to this. And I don't know that answer because, you know, we can't be in that. We, we're not out there all the time and watching everything that they're supposed to be doing, not doing. We can watch stretching an individual. And even then, if we were, were watching practice, I wouldn't be able to tell you exactly what he's being learned that's translating or not translating out to the field. But obviously there's some disconnect there. I don't know what it is. He came into this league as a known to be more of a man-to-man press corner. The Bills don't really run that. They run a zone defense, a heavy zone defense. Um, Christian Benford comes into this league running that zone. He already had a leg up. He had the advantage on Kyrie Lam. When he was at Villanova, that's the system they ran. And then Christian Benford wound up starting. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't too surprising considering those two things. But you know, even as the season went on and Kyrie couldn't get on the field that much, you know, then you're starting to wonder, okay, what's going on here? And then when he did, he played well. You know, I, and I thought he had a pretty good camp in preseason. Not great, but pretty good. Uh, and again, he can't get on the field. He's been inactive. So I don't know the answer specifically to what it is. At this point, though, clearly Christian Benford and Dane Jackson, aside from obviously Tredavious White, are all ahead of him. He's the fourth boundary corner on this team. And the way Christian Benford is playing, I don't see Dane Jackson seeing the field much right. anytime soon. So. Kyrie Elam is pretty buried right now, and it's going to take an injury for him to basically be active, never him to actually get on the field. You know, we'll see. Now, look, I would say if if there's going to be a game for him to do it, it might be against the Dolphins in a couple of weeks. The the style that they play and the fact that you're playing a one read, a a quick read quarterback, I should say, in um, Tua, if you can press a guy at the line and knock off that read and disrupt it early, that might be the kind of system and kind of style they want to play in two weeks. So we'll see where, what happens with that when they play the Miami Dolphins in two weeks. Uh, the Bills this week uh, in Landover, Maryland. Is that the place you're going to be, I guess, uh, where the stadium is? Sal, have you been to this uh, stadium down in D.C. area? Yeah, two, three times. Uh, the Bills played there in 2015. Uh, LaShawn McCoy didn't have a very good day uh, that day. Mike Gillisley had like a big run. The Bills wound up losing that game. Um, I remember that game. That was um, Rex Ryan, Rex Ryan's first year. And then there was a preseason game we played there as well. And I remember that because myself and John Scott went to watch the Washington Nationals at their stadium. And that's the only time I'd ever been to that stadium and saw Max Scherzer pitch actually mm, wow. uh, that night at the state, the, um, at that stadium. You know, it's funny. There, the, these two teams haven't matched up a ton. It's been a total of 16 times in the right, re- in the regular season and plus the one Super Bowl, total of 16. The bills have won 10 out of the 16, but in the last nine matchups, this will be the 10th straight. Counting this week, this will be the 10th straight matchup. The um, Commanders will have a different starting quarterback in each of those 10 matchups. Jeez. Oh, I'm trying to figure I, Honestly, I don't know the answer to this. What is, is this a hostile environment? Or is it transient? I mean, I remember back in the day, RFK, and, and I'm just wondering how much that fan base has eroded or are they starting to come back now with a new owner? What, what's your expectation uh, coming up Sunday, Sal? Yeah, I'd say a little bit of both of what you just said, which is like generally it's pretty apathetic, um, you know, as far as the team on the field and people are very frustrated with Dan Snyder, but that's all gone now. And there's a lot of hope. There's a lot of optimism in Washington and people are starting to feel it. There's a good vibe there. They're bringing, there's a, they're bringing like 170 something alumni back. I'm not kidding you. 
for this game on oh. Sunday, apparently. Like, that's how many people are going to be. They're going to try and jack up the crowd. It's going to be a really big, raucous atmosphere. And then, you know, the new ownership, Josh Harris and Magic Johnson's a part of that group. So I think that gives you a little bit of juice as well there. You know, the stadium is horrible. It's just the, it's the worst radio booth location in the NFL, by the way. Now, granted, I'm on the sideline, so I don't have to deal with that. But Chris Brown and Eric Wood will have to deal with it. Uh, the stadium is horrible. It was rushed. It's 26 years old. They already want to, already want to replace it. Apparently, they're trying, speaking of RFK, they're trying to go back to that site where RFK yeah. was, and there's some movement on that, but that's going to take a while. Um, but it will also be, a lot of Bills fans will be there this week. Um, the, you know, a lot of the, the tickets, it's sold out, but a lot of those tickets came in late, I think, because of the 2-0 start, but also because Bills fans started buying up tickets a lot later in the summer, wanting to go to this game and saying, this isn't a far drive for them. It's a good time of the year to go to Washington, D.C. So I think you're going to get a lot of Bills Mafia there as well. And not to mention, the Sabres actually open up their preseason yeah. schedule in Washington on Sunday while the Bills are playing there. Yeah, it's a good spot for Buffalo fans. Sal, you mentioned that, that over 100 legends of the Washington football team will be there, and I'm wondering if they'll have obstructed view oh. in whatever suite they put them in. And I only bring it up because can you remember, Sal, a, a week where you know the Bills get the win and they're able to kind of like exercise some demons? But from a PR standpoint, between what Takeo Spikes put out on Sunday, the, the Matty Glab story that kind of went you know national and, and that was after you had the trotter lawsuit and the allegations against the Pagula all after a bad monday night loss oh, I mean, and the guy you know hopping oh, a fence oh and, and that guy yeah. too yeah so pr wise for the buffalo bills last week was as, as bad as it gets was it not yeah i'd rather just move on guys and not even like not even i'm not i don't want to those stories are over it's not my not not my realm of that area i just know that you know that there's been better weeks of of course in that regard well it just when you have a good foundation we just kind of move on and uh we haven't even talked about josh allen yet i mean like that was all we were talking about last week and sal has there ever been oh wait a second he's the afc player of the week when you look at the stats you look everybody else i mean it hadn't even crossed my mind that he'd be up for consideration but your thoughts on allen getting this for an 11th time um it I tell you, I looked at the stats. I looked at the numbers last week and I said to myself, Hmm, I wonder if Josh Allen could win offensive player of the week, even though he didn't throw, because if you look around, he still threw like the second or third most yards in the AFC. I think Mahomes was a little more, but he, he didn't have a great day. He was over 300 yards and it just goes to show you, you know, and I asked Josh this, you know, does it show you that you don't have to put up wow numbers to be able to do that? It reinforces that how great of a game you can have. And he said, yeah, you know, he just wants to win games. And he was even a little surprised and taken aback by all of that. So yeah, uh, it was really interesting, and 11 is uh, passes Jim Kelly for that, so I think that's mm. really cool. Sal, uh, with Washington, what, what do you think has the, the Bills most concerned? Is it the defensive line? Is it the weapons they have at wide receiver? Is it the unknown of Sam Howell? What do you think they're doing here in terms of game planning for this opponent? Well, I think it basically starts with stopping the run, no doubt. I mean, that's what the Bills' foundation is. That's what they did last week with Josh Jacobs, and then say, hey, you know, can Garoppolo uh, beat us? And, you know, he can't. And I think they're going to challenge Sam Howell to beat him, try to get to him. He holds on to the ball a little bit long, a little bit longer. He's not Garoppolo getting rid of it quick. Uh, Tua next week is going to get rid of it real quick. This is a guy that's going to hold on to it a little bit longer. Uh, that can be sometimes to his downfall. But, man, sometimes he makes – He's, he's looked really good. He's looked apart over the first two weeks, guys. And, you know, he's got some really excellent wide receivers. So. Um, yeah, I think that, um, that's what it always starts with is stopping the run because if they can get Brian Robinson and, or Antonio Gibson going, it can be a long day because then they get a lot more, they have a lot more options of what they can do. But to me, uh, that's where it's gotta be And the Buffalo Bills defensive line has been very good so far. So I think that that's how they're going to want to play it. 
Sal Capaccio will be on the sidelines. You can hear it 9 a.m. for the pregame coverage. Saw that social media post you had, Sal. Um, what is the best drummer's solo in the history of rock? Is it in the air tonight? Is that something you could play? Is it something else? In the air tonight is not really a drum solo, I think. It's just a little fill, right? I mean, like, of course, anybody who plays the drums can basically play that. It's not, you know, I, I don't think it's a, but if you think about solos, like actual drum solos, go check out Neil Peart, YYZ, sure. Rush. Go check that out. That's a drum solo. Yeah. Are you working on that one, Sal? Are we going to see that one anytime soon on your feed? I mean, I can air drum that. I can air drum that. That's about it. <laughs> I think I think people would pay for that. I think people would want to see that, Sal. <laughs> uh, listen, we appreciate you giving us the time that you give us here. And I don't know that we'll have the chance to talk before Miami or not, but just quickly, Sal, we're allowed to look ahead. The team won't look ahead. But when you look ahead to the next home game for the Bills here a week from Sunday against Miami, boy, after watching them Sunday night in New England, the speed that, that was there last season that's there again this season, it, it just felt accentuated again this season. And I feel like that might be a, a big issue for the Bills defense come come a week from Sunday. Do you see the same thing? Um, I'm sorry. What was the question again about the Bills? Which side of the ball? I'm sorry. About, about the Dolphins' speed versus oh, the Bills' defense. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, I do think that I do think that that's going to be a challenge for them, obviously. Um, you know, there's been questions about, is the Bills' secondary, you know, are they slower, losing a step? You have 30-something-year-old safeties, and I get it. But the scheme is still the scheme, and the scheme generally keeps them in good positions. So, for sure, I mean, that's going to be a big test for them. So, yeah, that'll be interesting to see how they game plan for that. But, obviously, one game at a time, as you say, we don't have to adhere to that, but you know, the Bills have to get through this one if they want to even have a chance to take over Miami for the division because right now they're in a spot where if they lose a game here and Miami wins, they're going to be in a tough spot again, you know, going against the Dolphins and almost a must win if they want to win the division. 9 a.m. Is that the time you are on uh, coming up? We can check it out uh, Sunday, Sal. Uh, yeah, 9 a.m. on the pregame show, usually when I get to the stadium with, with uh, Jeremy and Nate, and then I'm back on the roundtable at 11 a.m. Awesome. We'll look forward to hearing it, Sal. Appreciate the time, as always. Safe travels. All right, you got it, guys. Thanks. Sal Capaccio. You can hear him on the sidelines of the Buffalo Bills radio network. He'll have the call uh, with kickoff just after 1 o'clock here on the fan Rochester and, of course, uh, from our Odyssey Sports sister station, WGR in Buffalo. He also hosts a great podcast for you to check out with uh, Matt Bovey called It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. That's detailed coverage from inside the Bills huddle. You can get all the the latest moves and storylines on and off the field. It's Always Game Day in Buffalo with Sal Capaccio and Matt Bovey on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is one of those stories where you got to be very careful um this breaking news here i again the breaking news sounder now that there's this allegation online I'm not going to play it because this is serious we don't want to be haha but uh alan williams bears defensive coordinator resigning there had been a report that the bears say is not true that hellas hall was raided today so the police were not at hellas hall today so this report that's out there However, why did Alan Williams actually resign? He says it's the focus on his family and his health. While that may be true, what is the real story here? So this is a story that if you're going to read online tonight, again, we're going to be careful. Yeah, you'll find all kinds of allegations online and a lot of different people reporting a lot of different things. The reality is if the NFL doesn't want you to know why he's stepping down, then you'll never know why, truly know why he's stepping down. But I imagine that if enough people are saying it, that there's some some truth to it. Well, 
if if it just talking in general, if there's a yes. charge, yes. you know, or something like that. Correct. Yeah, that's you know, that nothing to do with the NFL. But is, the yeah. statement is stepping down to focus on my family and my health. Do we know of any health issues? Documented mm, health no. issues? No. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's suddenly that's just the cherry on top of your day in Chicago. It's only Justin Fields yeah, talking about yeah. blaming coaching. <laughs> oh, I'm not in front of a microphone. It's coaching. That's yeah. why I'm playing robotic. Yeah. doesn't seem so important now. Yeah, that uh, that's quaint compared to what uh, is being alleged here. If you if you do a little digging of the uh, now former defensive coordinator of the Chicago Bears, just gross all around. Uh, all right, we've got happy hour coming up in a couple few. And, uh, and a couple of notes from around the NFL that we can dig into here. I mean, you mentioned it with, with Sal. Josh Allen getting his 11th AFC Offensive Player of the Week award today. Yeah, so that breaks the tie with Jim Kelly for most times. A uh, Buffalo Bill has won the award. Now, in fairness, honestly, I don't know when they started this award. I just, I'm just wondering, like, if a certain running back from the 1970s, like, if they had this award, how many times he would have won said award. Mm. You're talking about your uncle Juice, aren't you? You're just giving me. You're giving me an excuse. You're giving me an excuse to play. Got it, Juice. When Chris and I broke up, the Juice was there for me every night. It's like he's not really the Juice anymore. We got to get you dressed, Juice. Juice, Juice. A will. Juice, Juice, Juice. Come on, Juice, Juice, Juice. Juice is. It's AC. Juice. AC's here. Juice. I heard Juice. It's on every channel. You know I feel the same, Juice. You're going to tell them yourself, Juice. 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 Your whole family's here, Juice. She's on the house phone waiting to talk to you, Juice. Juice. Okay, Juice. Okay, Juice. We're good to go. You're home, Juice. You know Uncle Juice and your Uncle Juice. Your Uncle Juice is a good man. He's never going to stop being the Juice. It could explain a lot, Juice. Just hear him out, Juice. He's right, Juice. Listen, Juice. Juice, Juice, this is your life. Juice, Juice, please, Juice. Juice, we need an answer. They began the award in 1978, Mike Danger, which means that, no, <laughs> the Juice could not have won for the well, Buffalo. Don't give me a reason to play every instance of David Schwimmer saying the word Juice as Robert Kardashian in The People versus O.J. Simpson, because I'll take that ball and I'll take it to the hole. Who was the first Buffalo Bill to win the award? Any, any guesses? Anybody who's a wide receiver? Danger, you'll never get this one. No. Jerry Butler, wide receiver. Okay. Uh, aside from that, the other uh, big NFL story from today would be the re-signing of Kareem Hunt, the free agent. Let his contract expire in Cleveland. Turns out, oh, we might need you after all to the tune of one year, $4 million. Yeah, and for everybody that spent free agent money in their fantasy league or won uh, Ford in their sweepstakes, I don't think this actually changes anything. You don't can't expect the guy coming off the street, even though he's somewhat familiar with this offense, to step in there and take touches. Right, I away. would still take Ford. I would still take Ford based on what Kevin Stefanski historically has done with his lead back in the running game. Whether you're talking about Dalvin Cook in Minnesota or those years with Nick Chubb in Cleveland, uh, I think they'll deploy Ford in a similar manner, and, and Hunt will be on the field when they need him on the field. But it's not going to be any sort of a, a timeshare split. Uh, between those two, I, I think Ford is probably still the back that you want to own. And if you want him in your in your uh, 
you know, free in your uh, waiver wire claims. And congratulations, you've got a good running back here for the rest of the season, hopefully. Okay, so there's no more games with the New York Giants. Officially ruled out today, Saquon That's Barkley. Right. So Saquon ruled out. It will be Matt Breida and others carrying the rock. Uh, Giants big underdogs against the Niners Thursday night. Thursday night. Can't get here soon enough, man. I'm, I'm jonesing for some more NFL football. Even a bad game like Niners-Giants. I'm, I'm in. Let's go. The Niners are one of those teams, like, for the record, I'm not a fan. You're not a fan. But if you love football, aren't you a little jealous the I'm way they're so physical? So, so jealous. Yeah, wouldn't you love to have a Fred Warner in the middle of your defense like that? Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Oh, wouldn't Christian... You, you could have had Christian McCaffrey if you were the... Yeah, that's right. The Niners traded for him. Uh, yeah, they did. And and there's... the You mentioned Warner. The other guy that I just love. Talanoa Funga. I would just love that guy patrolling the, the yeah. secondary. Oh, Ufanga back there just picking just shades of, of Troy Palomalu just out there mm-hmm. making plays everywhere on the field. A lot of fun with that team. Uh, and a reason why a lot of people consider them to be the, the favorite in the NFC. But that's Thursday night. That's tomorrow night. We'll get their happy hour first. It's on the way next here in the Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. We'll recap today's Bills practice. We've got an injury report to get to as we uh, inch closer and closer to Sunday afternoon in a matchup against the Washington Commanders. We've got a round of shots on the way, and we have time for your calls. If you want to join us on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line at 8664-FAN. What? (laughs) All right. like I'm going to hit the breaking news sounder for this, all right? All right. Breaking news in the Sports Bar. Ow! Ow! It really hit me. I didn't know it was coming back that far. Play one in the playbook, okay? We have this bad PR story. Come on, look over here. We're going to make a quick roster move. Chicago Bears have released Nathan Peterman. What? (laughs) What? (laughs) I thought I couldn't get any lower. All hope is lost. Well, maybe it's Nathan Peterman. When he said coaching, maybe it was Nathan, Nathan Peterman. Peterman. Oh. Maybe it was Peterman that Fields was referring to. He doesn't even know he's a backup quarterback. He was just saying he was a coach. That, that's the guy that's <laughs> taking the fall for Luke Getze. It's Nathan Peterman. Now it all makes sense. This is a dark day, man. Oh a gosh. dark day for me to be a Bears fan. This is bad. Just bad all around. I'm literally going to need some shots here in a little bit. We'll get to the, the shots. We'll get to happy hour. We'll get to your calls. More on the way in the sports bar. Danger and Bataglia on the fan. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.